Welcome everyone to Snakebite Podcast number 7. Today's episode is brought to you with the help of the guys over at digbmx.com. Cruise over to their site and check out my good friend and Oregon native Josh Clemens interview. Um, I'm super psyched on what Josh has been doing and uh, go check it out. Uh, today I sat down with Street Pioneer and owner of one of the best tables out there. Pete Augustine. Uh, Pete and I sat down and talked about his early years, uh, talked about the Dirt Bros in San Diego, and we discussed you know people who still have soul in their riding and, wh- and why we feel like that's important. Um, and, and we even touched on uh, their early ideas on like where, where we thought the bash guard came from. So sit down and enjoy. Did you you grow up here in the San Diego area riding? Yeah. Yep. Um, I feel like like what I you know growing up, you know, and the way magazines covered stuff back then, you really didn't know how dudes kind of came up and stuff. I know you had like a couple interviews, but what kind of what got you into BMX and was was Nori like one of the dudes in your early crew that you rode with? Uh, yeah, Dave definitely early on. I went to school with Dave's brother, and um, so I knew Dave through his brother and riding bikes. So. But I was riding bikes before I met Dave. Yeah. About what year did you kind of get into BMX? Um, it was in the late 70s. Late 70s? Yeah. So I was um, I was into skateboarding and surfing and then uh, racing motorcycles, motocross. And uh, there was a guy that lived up the street from me that rode. Uh, he raced BMX and he would uh, go out to the lakeside track and um, <clears throat> rancho and velodrome and stuff like that. So... I kind of went out there with him one day, had a good time, so I kind of started getting really into, like, you know, racing and jumping and stuff like that. And then I saw, um, you know, Bob Haro and John Swanigan and, you know, guys in the magazine that, uh, like Timmy Judge and stuff like yeah. that. It really uh, it appealed to me, and so I got stoked on BMX. Tim Judge had some dope style back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So And, you know, staring at photos of Jeff Watson and... Je- you know. Dude, I was talking about Jeff Watson earlier with uh, with Fiola, and it's just like, I always would see, and it's definitely like kind of before my time, because I started writing like 86, 87, mm-hmm. but you know, you look back on magazines, and you always see stuff with Jeff Watson, and it felt like he was kind of, you know, I know there were probably other dudes at the time too, but was sure. one of the first dudes to kind of push airs, and he seemed pretty kind of raw at the time, you know? Yeah, well, he popularized it, and you know, riding the full pipe, those pitchers, and the pools, and stuff like that, I think... Uh really you know open people eye people's eyes that you know it wasn't just confined to you know racing or whatever it was you know you could ride your bikes and pulls just like the skateboarders were yeah so, so i had a big skateboarding background you know i was really into skateboarding and surfing and when i was younger i thought i'd be you know a pro surfer you yeah know? but you know the consistency of you know riding bikes it was always there so i really enjoyed that i could go do it whenever i want and go Know, right by myself if I wanted to. Yeah, that's kind of the nice thing about bikes. You don't have to pay for a pass or yeah, anything. You, you just can go out the door and just yeah. just smash around. So how then? So you just like start riding, and then did you start getting into ramps more? I mean, I know you you know you were a pro flatlander for a while, and yeah, I got into flatland. It was starting to gain popularity, and uh, saw like Dave getting um, popular, and you know like Eddie Roman and stuff like that, and. You know, I cut. I thought it was cool learning the tricks and everything, and you know, learning new tricks on my bike, 
and uh, so I, I really got into Flatland, and um, but I still kind of had that, you know, always just riding my bike two places kind of riding style, like where I would just, you know, hit stuff on, on the street along the way, you know, jumping yeah. curbs and, you know, hauling ass as fast as I could, downhills and hitting stuff up. So Yeah. So, that was more my style. Even when I rode Flatland, I, you know, I mean, I didn't ride Flatland all that great, but, you know, the tricks I did do good, I thought I did them, like, fast, you know, and that's what I liked about it. And about what what year was that, like? You th- um, it's probably, like, probably 85-ish or something 85. like that. So, you know, when, uh, like, the first um, San Diego Stadium contest, and then uh, they started having the Velodrome contest. Yeah. So kind of really got into it then, you know. Is that was eighty five about the first year you were entering contests or mm, somewhere around there I think yeah you know I think it was around that time yeah and know, maybe a little bit earlier I'm not sure did and then were you riding expert for a while and then yeah there wasn't a pro flatland class I don't think at the time okay and then kind of along that lines did you is that about when you kind of got picked up by Schwinn or was that a few years down the road or um. Or was there something before Schwinn that I'm, I'm maybe, you know, I, I could be, you know, I'm, no, basically, I'm pretty basically, like, my be... first big sponsor was Schwinn. Yeah. I rode for them for a little bit. And then, um, you know, I rode for CW and I rode for Redline. And uh, Redline was, like, Seattle Bike Supply. So yeah. I basically rode for Seattle Bike Supply, which was Redline at the time. So Yeah. And they were really good to me, and I really liked the bikes, you know. They, well, those were, were you riding RL-22s? I rode an RL-22, but... You know, the the main thing was the whole front end was super strong on my bike, and I like that with the forklifter bars and stem and the forklifter that, forks. That's all I rode is the forklifter forks, yeah. the bars. Yeah, that whole front at end. That, yeah, at that time, that was the strongest setup you could have, and then redline flight cranks. And and those frames were like, I think those were 21-inch frames back then. Yeah, they they was, were big bikes. It was a big bike, and it was heavy, but it, it was a strong bike. And, you know, I got I broke a lot of bikes, and I was going through like streaks of breaking bikes like crazy yeah you know because i'm not a smooth bike rider no i mean i always that's what when i was younger i was always excited when i saw stuff of you riding because uh i definitely wasn't the smoothest rider but i i always enjoyed like how powerful you looked when you rode and even later on i guess it's always kind of stuck with me like when taj was in his prime i liked how just strong and you, you know how they just you'd move the bike around it wasn't like yeah. you know dudes are just the smoothest dude just whipping around it's like it's like you were Mm-hmm. making sure it was, it was going there you know yeah well, i don't know what it is it's just you know just the joy of riding my bike and always having like you know the theme of slayer in my mind when i rode my <laughs> bike so i always that's how i always rode was with you know that kind of thought we just wrecking stuff just trying to you know you know just have fun going down the street and when, when you were riding those early flatland contests, were you riding a Slayer at the, at the flat at the flat contest? Uh, most of the contests I listened to, yeah, stuff like that, like Slayer, SOD, Celtic Frost, and you know, nice, Celtic Frost, you know, shit like that. So it was always, you know, guys out there. Most of the time it was like rap and you know Herbie Hancock and you know stuff like that. That you know, Eye of the Tiger and you know guys would have these really choreographed routines and everything. And um, I had. I never had a routine in any of the contests, and I would just listen to, you know, speed metal or something. Yeah, you know? um, pretty much I, piss everybody off at the whole. Contest. Well, that's what I was kind of kind of get into. I know some of those those early contests, like during your flatland run, you'd like maybe do a wall ride on the side of the quarter pipe and stuff, and you would. And I think you get disqualified sometimes, or yeah, I was stuff. disqualified a couple times. And I mean, looking back, 
at that time, I'm sure you weren't like, you know, thinking you were doing something influential, but it, you know, in hindsight, you know, you're maybe in the, that time in the eighties, BMX was starting to build up some rules on the contest and BMX to me is something that shouldn't have rules. No. And it seems like you started kind of going against that maybe a little at that, at the contest at the time. Well, it, you know, don't get me wrong. It was fun going to the contest and seeing all my friends and hanging out with them and, you know, getting sponsors. That was such a cool thing at that time. Yeah. You know, because getting sponsors, it was harder back then actually probably than it is now. I don't know. It, it just seemed like it was, uh, you know, they were really looking for a specific image of a rider more than what they could actually, how they rode, you know. So I got frustrated with it. It, it wasn't my gig. I'm not competitive. And I, like like you said, you can't really, you know, I don't think you can really judge, you know, BMX, you know, like freestyle, you know. No, I agree. What, you know, like street today, how do, how can you have a contest and judge street or, or park or anything like that? It's like, it's ridiculously impossible to, you know, judge people like that i i think it's such an individual sport and you know i was kind of getting sick of the whole afa thing it was not for me and i was going on tour with guys you know with life's a beach I, I eventually got picked you know i got dropped by pretty much every sponsor and and uh, because i wasn't you know marketable you yeah know, i didn't have that image where i was smiling and waving and you know i was basically you know telling people to go fuck themselves because you know they wanted me to be a particular way, you know, to yeah. match their company, to represent their company. And, uh, is that kind of what happened with Schwinn and then CW? Yeah, Schwinn and, you know, pretty much CW. Absolutely. That's what happened with both those companies, you know. Um, even with CW, were you on the same time as like Diz and stuff? I got on with Diz and, um, we, uh, and it was Magoo that was the team manager, and I was on the summer tour. Was planned and everything. I had posters and stuff, and then all of a sudden, Mike Miranda, Hollywood Mike Miranda, is team manager. Oh wow! And uh, actually, we went to a contest in Oregon, and Diz and I <coughs> got really out of control, <clears throat> and um, we pretty much destroyed the hotel, and and um, we went out and got super messed up. Um, you know were you in portland yeah we were in portland oregon that's and, pretty easy to do up there yeah we, <laughs> we met some people and drove to their house like an hour away on the saturday night i, I rode flatland on saturday and uh i probably did real shitty or whatever and uh, but we we're there just to have a good time and that night you know um saturday night we we're just starting to party in our hotel room we had a bunch of people in there and we're drinking beer and smoking and everything and uh we hear a knock at the door and you know Diz has a boom box with slayer just full blast and and i hear this knock at the door and i i open the door and and hollywood mike Miranda's standing there and he's looking at me and he's totally pissed off you know the smoke comes billowing out of the room yeah and uh he's like i'm gonna pretend i didn't see this and i'm like fucking all right whatever and i just slammed the door on him so it's, it's so weird because you guys are like grown-ass men like yeah and it's but that's how it was back yeah then, you know it was like you know it, it was like you know it was like it's a different business than it is today. So anyway, we went out and partied that night, and then Diz had his run the next day. When we were, we were driving home, the sun was coming up, and then Diz had his run. And then the very first thing is he just did an air to face plant. And, uh, I think that, I heard about that. That yeah. was the end of his whole run. You know, That was it for him. So Mike Miranda was pissed off about all that, and pretty much you know, I exited CW after that. Yeah. And then, um, so I didn't have a sponsor for a long time. And I got picked up with, you know, Lysa Beach and Airwalk and Rector pads. and No, and that's, yeah, and I remember all that. And it, it seemed like, 
at that time to me like you were like the anti-image but it was like you know it was so i mean you look at the sponsors like lisa beach you know airwalk even like rector it's like the at that time that seemed like that's kind of the coolest sponsors that were out there in a weird way Maybe it was, but I was just felt fortunate I got hooked up with them because, you know, like I said, my skate background, I was hooked up, you know, hanging out with skaters and, you know, it's, it, it really lit a flame under me as far as me wanting to actually do something with bike riding than just yeah. be, you know, part of a, you know, a cookie cutter type of bike rider where, you know, I didn't want to give up you know, being, you know, not true to myself, you know, just to ride my bike. Yeah. You know, so I always, you know, had it in me if I didn't agree with something, just be like, no, nah, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. And that's how I was with BMX. I didn't want to be a part of BMX at all, but I loved riding my bike more than anything. So, um, I was hanging out with skaters more and I saw the culture that they had and the vibe that they had. And I was, you know, I, I distinctively remember saying, that is the fucking coolest shit that these guys have. Yeah. You know, you go to a bike contest, there's not a single fucking girl there. You go to a skate contest, and it's like it's half the people there are fucking girls. You yeah. Know? And um, there was nothing there. Bikes wasn't cool, you know, to me. It, yeah. It was just like this goofy show, you know, with like a circus show. Yeah, with the uniform. Yeah, and... it was just too much. And, you know, even the photo shoots. And, you know, I was involved with it and everything. And, it, you know... You know, the helmets and the goggles on them and, you know, the uniforms and, you know... It was take, just... take it easy. Hugo's out there. He, he's rocking the goggles. Well, Hugo, <laughs> fucking Hugo needed more than goggles on, man. So, um, <laughs> uh, so that, that's a whole different level of rider you're talking about right he, there. He, he's like the OG gnarly dude. Yeah, he's, you know, uh, he, he's like the evil Knievel BMX. So. yeah. So anyway, I got you know got hooked up with those guys, and then I was uh, you know a test writer for the magazine for a little bit. Yeah, so I really that's at the time where I was like you know I'm done with this whole AFA thing. I'm done with everything. I'm you know kind of I'm going full circle on riding my bike. So you know I started out like a guy riding my bike down the street, then kind of got into you know flatland. You know actually you know riding dirt jumps and riding my bike down the street to the beach and stuff like that. Then got into the flatland, and it was coming all the way back to me riding. My bike down the street and riding dirt yeah. jumps and stuff like that. So. And is, then did Redline come in after that? Uh, Redline was kind of um, yeah, it was after that. It was that was the first sponsor I picked up after uh, being a it? test rider with a magazine. Actually, I did a I did a thing for Redline in the magazine. I tested their bike. And, yeah, uh, they were stoked on it. And was it Gork then? No, it was. Uh, I don't believe so. Maybe it was, but yeah, I don't really remember dealing with Gork. I remember you seeing you riding all, like the RL twenty two a lot back in the day. So yeah, I rode a bunch of different bikes. I rode Haros a lot back in the day too. Yeah, I think I remember that. I remember. Yeah, so, I, I, I remember the RL twenty two. I think it's probably half the time. I think it's you. You know, you, I think it's the trash can Abubica photo that I'm remembering. I think you're on a yeah. RL twenty two. Yeah, that's like at the time where I was hanging out at the you know with uh, Lou and AJ and Spike a lot and. And uh, riding over the magazine a lot, and um, that's when I really started gearing toward how I really want to ride my bike, you know, and call it street riding, but it's basically how everybody started out riding their bike, yeah. you know, so. I mean, looking back, like, I, like when I look back, you know, and, and think about, like, street riding and the roots of it, you know, I'd definitely put, like, you, I think maybe Eddie and uh, Grosso, I'd say, to me, and I could be leaving someone out, but I feel like, you know... You guys all were kind of like the 
three kind of forefathers so when I look you know growing up that I'd see yeah. riding street you know well I appreciate that yeah and it's like but you know there's Dave Anderspeck as well oh and, shit I totally forgot about and, Dave yeah you know, Dave you know at the time prior to his death and everything you know I hung out with him you know a few times and had talks with him about you know just the whole vibe of BMX and everything so this was something that he was really you know he was on that same path and I kind of fed off of him with that you know yeah. and uh you know dave was you know an incredible bike rider and you know he rode everything and he did everything he had like the first ramp contest and you know he started this movement with curb dogs and you know the popularity of norcal and i think you know the freestyle was a lot to to dave anderspeck you know? no i agree i agree with you yeah i mean and he kind of had the same kind of issues with like his early sponsors like with dino and stuff too yeah, didn't absolutely he? yeah you know because uh I think maybe I'm more vocal and will tell someone to fuck off quicker than Dave. He was a really nice guy. Yeah. And uh, but uh, at the same time, he was uh, you know losing some sponsorships and uh, you know he wasn't feeling it either. And you know Dave had that skater in him as well. You know, so he saw that side of it. You know, that you know just a whole different you know culture or vibe for bike riding. What I wanted to take and have my own thing and go my own direction. With yeah, it. and I feel. I mean, was that all kind of a you know culminating around like eighty seven, eighty eight? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. Well, really- yeah, probably around then. You know, it was uh, AFA was short lived. You know, yeah. Even the magazine, like Freestyling Magazine, wasn't really around for all that now, long. And you, when you look back, you think you know everybody thinks about the magazine. You're like, oh, Freestyling, like it was just like it in your head. Like in my head, it feels like oh, that was there for fifteen years, and then you like really break down the years that it was there, and you're like, what, like eight years of the most maybe with go yeah attached to it the most you know and it's like it was such a small bubble of time but it was so influential at the same time yeah it was awesome magazine yeah i see lumen up in portland once in a while so yeah i did a lou was awesome and um he did a lot of cool stuff with the magazine he's really a really innovative guy super smart guy yeah so like around 88 like i feel like when you you know, you, you were talking about how you're just going back to street riding, and I, I feel like that kind of was, that kind of attitude was starting to spread a little on BMX, and you were starting to see more dudes. You were starting to see street riding a little more in the magazines. Dudes were kind of getting rid of their uniforms, and you know, kind of the sickest thing when you do see a magazine back then. If you see like a vert rider, I remember I seen a saw a picture of Dino DeLuca, and he just had jeans and a t-shirt on ripping and i was like yeah. that's like the sickest photo because you never really see that dude yeah unless he's wearing like a jersey or yeah, something full uniform yeah and so you never really got to see what his real personality was like you know yeah um but at that time i feel like that whole sd scene was the san diego scene was starting to really blow up too wasn't it mm, yeah well um or definitely we, like late 80s getting into the early 90s you get around that time period is when you know, Vic and some of his crazy Alaskan friends, like Carlo Wick, moved down here and, you know, hooked up with Brad Blanchard and Ronnie Farmer. And and um, I was living up in uh, Torrance at the time and um, kind of hooked up with them, then moved back to San Diego. And then, you know, the whole Dirt Brothers things was, you know, formed. Yeah, and that I feel like that really, like, pushed street riding and just pushed, like, even, like, like not street riding, but maybe, like, you'd even call it, like, soul riding, just, like... You're just riding just for you and the dudes and maybe even taking away from like even kids growing up like thinking like I should be sponsored and I should shoot for this where you, you looked at that and you're like, I should just shoot to go have fun with my buddies out on the bikes and 
that should be all we're really stressing about today, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what it, all it was to us. I mean, you look at the time, you know, there was, there was nothing going on in BMX. You couldn't get a sponsor, you know? Yeah. And I had sponsors through Life's the Beach and Airwalk and, and Rector, and um, I was stoked to have those sponsors. So, you know, the whole Dirt Brother thing started. Vic, you know, decided, you know, let's take a little further and do our own bikes and, you know. That's when you got the Skyway TA frames. Yeah, the Skyway TA frames and the Redline Forks and, you know, started the Dirt Brother thing. So, um, yeah, that was an amazing time in my life for bike riding because I actually rode with a crew of people that rode, you know, like I did and wanted, had the same ideas that I, you know. Yeah. Vic and I fed off each other so much and, you know, Ronnie Farmer and, you know, Carlo and Brad and, you know, Eddie Roman and, I mean, all even amazing Vol- Volker was riding with you guys too then wasn't yeah he? a little bit and um Volker would just you know like kind of make appearances and just kind of like jump over the moon real quick and <laughs> make us all feel like shit so. <laughs> and uh you know like the albino jumping god is here you know fucking way to go dude <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, Vic, Vic was telling me, he's like, street riding, like, kind of back then when you guys would go out, it's just like, he's like, we just do laps around San Diego, like, yeah. as fast as we could, just hitting stuff, like, just, yeah. just you know, like, you guys have lines through the city and just yeah. hit the lines in the city instead of, like, the whole city was a spot more than just going to a spot, almost. It's, it's definitely true. You know, we've sessioned, you know, every once in a while we'd stop and session something for you know, like 10, 15 minutes, but that was it. Most of the time you get kicked out of places. So everything was a line through somewhere and you know, where all the jibs and jabs and grinds and wall rides are along the way. So you just hit everything at full speed, you know, yeah. just haul ass to. So yeah, we had lots of crazy adventures, you know, Vic and I and all the other guys, you know, I mean, even, the- even going down to TJ, Tijuana skate park and riding to the skate park and hitting all the shit up on the way. It was like the best times. Last time I was in San Diego was like 20 years ago. And we came down to ride Tijuana Skate Park. It got filled in two weeks before we got here. Oh, shit. <laughs> I always wanted to ride that yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I mean, the, that whole Dirt Bros crew back in the day was a wild crew, it seemed like. You know, like, you hear just crazy stories. Like, you, you know, like, I remember one of my buddies, and who knows, I remember he was talking about the Santee contest, the first uh, two hit meet the street. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I was just cruising around and... You know, you always hear stories about, you know, you guys just being wild. And he's like, ah, Pete Augustine just came by and just shoulder-checked me. He goes, I may have been in the way, but he's like, I, I was too scared to ride the rest of the day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then, um, but, like, you you know, it just seemed like, you know, I've heard crazy stories about Ronnie Farmer and stuff. And it just seemed like that whole, you, you guys just were like, I don't know, it just seemed, you know, I don't know. It just seemed like he was rode fast. Everything was just going in fast forward at that time for, you know, that whole crew. It just seemed just really loose and maybe slightly aggressive. I don't know. Like we're just seriously, we just like ate Mexican food and drink 40 ounces and smoke pot all day long. And <laughs> box. I, seriously, that's all we did. And you know, the dirt house was like the dirtiest house on the planet. And it was just, it was who all just, lived at the dirt house. Um, a lot of different people, mainly Vic, uh, Jimmy Arrington, Jim Simbley, Carlo, and a few other stragglers from Alaska would come in and out. And um, but yeah, it was a, it was a pretty mess, pretty much a mess. And but we had so much fun, and you know, hitting everything. And like I said, just riding together, you know, always having a crew to ride with and get nuts with, and and uh, all the cool stuff that we had to ride at that time. 
And then, you know, San Diego still has a lot of the cool stuff. You know, but hey, the Pelican Wall is gone though. Yeah, the Pelican Wall is gone. It was a super fun place to ride. Uh, when did the uh, the Mission Trail scene start building up? I know that was kind of like the. It felt like it was like the Dirt Bros local kind of trails for a while. It was our trails for a while. No one knew about it but us. So we started building down there. It was early '90s. I'm not sure exactly when, but um, we started building down there and just we'd build for for days and days and it'd be pouring for days like raining we'd be building out in the rain like every time it rained we'd be like oh let's get down there we got to start building some jumps so, yeah um we just had this playground all to ourselves, and the war started getting out about it and then ron wilkerson had a contest there and, and that after that it, it just blew up like everybody knew about mission trails and when they threw the contest there he, he didn't like really talk to you guys. I mean, I heard that kind of ruffled some flat feathers. It did. A it pissed a lot of us off when he did that, you know, because he, you know, basically letting everybody know where our trails. That's that was our stomping grounds, you know. That's, yeah. That's our spot, you know, kind of like a Burnside thing, but it was the Dirt Brothers' freaking spot. You know, yeah. Fucking stay out of here, you know. Yeah. So we definitely had our own place to ride without anybody else being there, you know. And it was often he just blew it up, blew it out. Yeah. yeah. Um. What's up with the death jump? I, I always would hear crazy things. How many people got broke off on that thing? Man, lots of lots of dudes did. Climber got... I seen him get worked over and over again one day. Yeah? He was trying to 360 it, and he kept wrecking himself pretty bad. Dave Mira busted himself off real bad there. I heard Mira got wrecked, had to take, get taken to the hospital. Yeah, he broke his forks off. And um, then no one picked up his stuff. All of his homies that were with him just left his stuff at the trails. I know Wilkerson got messed up there. I mean, a lot of dudes. I mean, that was a fucked up jump. But Volker would just kill that thing, man. It was it was sickening watching Dave ride that, you know, jump because it was like a big step down tabletop kind of. Yeah, it was it was just a, a really odd jump, you know, that you get a ton of air off of. Yeah, and um, Dave would do like the nuttiest shit off of it turn downs and no handers and stuff dave wrote it better than anybody else did. yeah uh what what are some other kind of what is there any other wild little stories from mission trails anything else go down there i know like sean yarrow breaking his leg in half there that was oh his femur yeah he broke his femur in half we me and brent linder were sitting on the rock smoking a joint and sean shows up and you know, he he went for like one three sixty and then he, he wrecked and then he went for another one and it was weird like his leg went through like his frame or something. We're sitting up there and he just man snapped his leg right in half. So I go running down there and you know he's holding his knee. He's like, oh my knee, my knee, my knee. You know, and I'm like, oh fuck. You know, I'm feeling around on his knee. And I'm like, ah. And I go to feel like right by, by his pocket. I'm like, what's that in your pocket, man? He's like. I don't have anything in my pocket. Uh, oh, that's your fucking bone sticking out. Oh, dude. man. So his, his femur was, like, s- snapped right in half. So we had to carry Sean out of Mission Trails on a sheet of plywood. And there's that little metal railing berm, you know, before you get into the parking lot, you know, to keep people from driving yeah. off. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're lifting him over the fucking thing. And his foot hooks on the guy. Oh, dude. my God. And we're, like, shoving <laughs> like, He's like, ah! And so uh, we threw him in the back of a pickup truck and uh, and uh, drove him straight to the hospital while he's laying on a sheet of plywood in the back of the pickup truck with a broken femur. And uh, He was still pretty young then, too, wasn't he? Yeah, that's when he wore the Coke bottle glasses and shit. Yeah, he didn't look cool back then. Now he looks really cool. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
how many how many of those damn dirt bro frames did you guys break? Because I feel like just those Skyway TAs. I mean, that was already an old frame. Dude, they were they're pretty strong. Really, I, I broke a couple of them, but man, there was way worse bikes than those TAs. That's so crazy because you just look at that <coughs> those TAs and they're just so God, tiny. The rear dropouts look like shit. You you know you would bend them before you broke them, so it'd probably like the rear end would get all tweaked before you actually snap the thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I went through, you know, quite a few of those, I would say. But they were an awesome bike. I mean, I actually liked riding it. The geometry was pretty cool and it was light. I had all the, you know, Redline shit on it, so. I mean, that time, a good I, bike. I'm sure some people listening now, you know, you say Redline stuff was good. You know, and some people are just like, that's, that was never a possibility. But, I mean, that time those At forks that were that time, the- man, you try riding like some shitty-ass GT stem or... You know, some, I don't know, there was a lot of shit that I, I tried, it just, it was all junk. You know, you got to remember this is a time when, you know, you had your cable going through your, your stem, you yeah. know, with the wedge bolt and, and um, you know, those, the redline forks, you couldn't beat those and redline bars, are, they were, you know, they were nice and strong and redline flight cranks were the best at the time and, you know, with DX pedals, so... Throw some Skyway mags on there, and your bike is good for back then. Oh yeah, no, I definitely would ro- always rock those Skyways, and I mean, I definitely rip out some spokes once in a while. But <coughs> yeah. uh, when w- when was about the time you know the Dirt Bros and like you? Uh, I feel like I don't even know if you actually rode for Bully, but I think you guys all got Bullies, or you know, I don't know what RL is really doing. But I remember. You know, there's a lot of photos you ride in the old Bully Warehouse. I think some Airwalk ads and stuff. Yeah. Um, what was going on at that time, really? Well, that was before I had moved down to um, back still, down to San Diego. You were still up in Torrance. Yeah, I was up at Torrance at the time, and RL was doing the Bully thing and did that bike, and um, that's when you know he hooked up with uh, you know Vic, Ronnie, Brad, you know. Carlo, I believe, bought one. I don't, I don't know. <coughs> it was around that time. But those frames, those bikes were just the biggest pile of shits and they were heavy and the geometry was horrible and couldn't really ride one. I mean, I rode one. I got one for free and I rode one for a little bit, but, you know, I mean, Vic would probably agree that's why our backs are blown out today is because of that bully I, bike. I, that was like uh, the first big frame purchase I, I, I got, you know? Yeah, and uh, I bent. Yeah, I bent the back end doing table. So I always liked the bash guard. I thought the bash guard actually worked pretty good. But uh, you know, I was, I was a little dude. But that image, that image had me sold. You know, so so I was on tour with Life's the Beach, and um, you know, all the guys, some skaters like Bill Danforth, and you know, Jeff Phillips, and um, anyway, some other some other guys, John Thomas. And, yeah. And uh, they were telling me about this guy that rode in D.C., and but he doesn't hang out with the bike crowd. He only rides with skaters and stuff like that. He's like a skater that rides a bike. He All the tricks he does, he does these grinds on his bike. And, I, and I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, they, he welded some fucking thing on the bottom of his bike. And he I, heard about, I heard about that, dude. And, uh, you know, some you know, some black guy, you know. So hook up with the guy, and we go ride in D.C., and he's just doing these gnarly fucking grinds. He, had, he literally welded, like, a tube on the bottom of his bike. You know, to cover up the sprocket, and he's just grinding all those marble walls in DC and shit. I thought it was the best thing. So when I got back from tour, I told RL about it. A couple months later, RL came out with that that bully bike. 
Yeah, and I, I've heard that. I've heard a few other people talk about that dude in DC. Um, you know, where they just said there was just some random dude, and yeah, he'd, he'd hang out with all the skaters, and you know, he just had some. I mean, just just pieced together bike that mm-hmm. just looked like a, you know, like he was about to go to war or something, so, yeah. and just. And he was like kind of the first dude to really, you know, maybe I mean, and no one ever remembers his name, but I his mean, his name was Dwayne or Daryl, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of like, a, I mean, in a weird way, he's like kind of one of the most influential street writers that never, no one even really knows about, you oh, know? Yeah, you know, no, there's there's a few other ones, you know, there's Don Markham, this guy from here in San Diego. What's up with him? <clears throat> um, I see his wife all the time. She works at the lake, Alita. So, but uh, Don Markham was a guy from San Diego that. Um, Man, he rode brakeless back in the 70s. He did fence rides and wall rides and 360s, you know, over shit. And, you know, he was, like, one of the very first street riders ever. Yeah. Yeah. I used to ride with him quite a bit at the time. And then he kind of, like, faded out of the scene back then. And I started getting, you know, into the, you know, the AFA and all that crap. Yeah. Um, Then kind of, like, I mean, I feel like in the early 90s, like, you know, when everything's kind of dying, like, you know, wh- wh- where did you kind of go with BMX? I know things were kind of fading out. I know you guys didn't really stop riding, but, you know, the magazine, you know, like, Go died and stuff. and No, we just kept riding. It was just, you know, all of us still, we were still riding yeah. you know, all the time. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, I'd say around the mid-90s, I, I moved to Orlando, Florida. I had a bad drug addiction and... Um, I had to get out of San Diego. I was, you know, I was fucked up, and so I moved out there to go work for my dad, and and uh, um, started hanging out with Ronnie Bonner and yeah. you know, a bunch of guys out there in uh, Orlando, Florida. You know, Kip Williamson and Rob Nolly. Were you still riding a lot out there? Yeah, I actually rode quite a bit out there. Yeah, in Orlando, and uh, so I rode with those guys quite a bit. Fish. Yeah, I, you go fishing. Every, yeah, I've always, <laughs> always been fishing, so you know. Volker comes in, just brings up the most important thing. Yeah, fishing. Going yeah. fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's me all weekend this weekend. So, um, no, I, got, I moved out there, and um, like I said, hooked up with Ronnie and stuff, and I was riding quite a bit out there, and and um, yeah, so that's then I moved back here in like '99, something like that. And then kind of in the middle of that, you got on Kink for a little? Yeah, I was on Kink while I was out there in, in uh, Orlando for a little bit. They hooked me up with some stuff, sent me to a couple contests. I think they were trying to put Grosso on at the same time. I kind of, I kind of remember hearing a couple things. Um, Maybe they, maybe, I'm not sure. How, how Did you know Zach, or is that just kind of like... Yeah, I met Zach, I knew Zach a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess he was a fan of mine or whatever, and he, he was super cool to me, and uh, very grateful for him hooking me up with stuff. Um, never broke a kink. I don't think, dude, my buddy had one of those kink empires, and I don't know if that's yeah. even possible. Yeah, it weighed a ton, but man, it was an indestructible bike. I remember seeing pictures of you riding one at, was, I think, the first Roots contest. Yeah. Yeah, so. No, it was actually, you know, a good bike. Heavy, but strong as shit, so. I hated breaking stuff, because every time I broke something, I'd hurt my, fucking wreck myself at the same time. Yeah. So. And then you just moved back here to SD, and you just. Moved back here, and, you know, I had three really bad accidents in a row out in Orlando. I broke my knee in half. Damn. I uh, broke my tibia plateau right in half, so one of the hardest. Was that riding, or? Yeah, my knee hyperextended. I folded my knee backwards and broke my knee in half, so. 
That sounds horrible. Yeah, so I had it was three three knee, knee surgeries and a year of re- rehabilitation. Damn, do you, does it still bother you to this day? Yeah, I the bolts went there. So you got your tibia and fibia that come up to this big plateau, this big knuckle right here. I split yeah. it, split it like a tree. You know, Whoa! I split it right in half from folding my knee backwards. What were you doing? Um, I just did. I was just doing a 360 to land fakie on a little mini ramp and um, bailed in the middle of the air. You know, I was probably like six feet out, bailed in the middle of the air and landed my foot right at the very bottom of the transition. My knee just just oh snapped God. right backwards. So after about a year, after a year, it was over a year, I started riding my bike again. I felt really good. I was at Badlands, same fucking place where I broke my knee, the same ramp. I felt really good, and I was doing big airs and everything. I was doing, you know, like six, seven-foot airs and go up to do an air and do a big old tabletop, and my fucking shirt got caught in my hand. Yeah. I couldn't straighten out of it, and it's the first time I've ever gone straight to my face. You know, I could I had no chance to, no time to put my hands out in front of me, so I split my lip all the way up across my gum and split my chin and, you know, that kind of freaked me out, you know, because I never landed on my face like that yeah. before, you know. I was like, what the fuck, you know. And so, and then I moved back here, and um, I was at this Claremont skate park. It was right by the 8 freeway, and they had this box jump next to this big grind thing. And it was like about 10 feet away. So I was launching off the, you know, the box jump and, you know, like 10-foot little gap to the grind down, you know, sprocket grind down the, they had a box, like a sub box yeah, yeah. going down. and I kept doing that. It was fun as shit. And I was going, hauling ass hitting this fucking thing. And just this one time I stuck and flew over the bars. And, you know, it was like, you know, an eight-foot drop and just straight to my back, you know, like fucking sack of potatoes. And pretty much, you know, fucked my whole back. I had the, the bruise like like fucking monster. It looked like I shit my pants. The bruise was, <laughs> yeah, it was all black and everything. And the crack of my ass, it was just so bad. And so I got a tear between L2 and 3 and because of that and so it was like god man i'm fucking myself up all of a sudden every time i ride my bike so i kind of slowed down a little bit you know after that and just chilled i remember the first time (coughs) the first time i met you it was like i think 97 98 it was a sean mckinney's house Mm. and he's having a party before the x games and you were there with a i want to say the dude's name's chris reich yeah. Yeah, he used to live in the Northwest. He was from, like, Virginia or something. Really weird, dude, huh? Really weird, but amazing. He, May, was, he, he rode really... He was the most sketchiest dude I ever hung around with at that time, it seemed oh. like. He was... So here, you want to hear a funny Chris Reich story? Because he moved up to the Northwest, and he literally would murder it on bike. He you know his handrails, yeah, yeah. doing stuff both ways. And that's right when I first moved to Portland to ride Burnside. And I rolled down there one morning, and this is, like, 95, 96... And he's chilling. I'm like, whoa, Chris, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I just thought I'd just stay here for a while. So he's, like, sleeping down at the park. And, uh, you know, he was such a ripper. Like, and he, he was so weird. None of the skaters even messed with him. I think he was just... Because yeah. he, he... I mean, he always seemed a little out there to me. But he had a big, like, potato bucket sitting baking in the sun. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? And I look in there, and I'm like, what is this? And he's like, well, I got a bunch of orange juice in here. And I've thrown a bunch of bread in here, and I'm going to let it ferment for about four days in the sun, and then I'm going to eat it, and I'm going to get so fucking high, man. Holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, what? what and then I came down like a few days later, and he was high out of his gourd, just shredding the skate park, yeah. just killing it. And then I, have a, I literally didn't see him again until I was 
at McKinney's house, and you guys were there, and we a bunch. You know, there was like a big mm-hmm. mini ramp session, and then I haven't seen him since that day. But. Yeah, he was fucking out there. Yeah, but you're right. He did rip on a bike. Yeah, and I just remember. I remember I was so psyched that you were there because I was like, you, you got a good couple good fast plants on the ramp. You, you know, where just growing up, I kind of always wanted to emulate the dirt bros a little, and you know, foot oh. plants <laughs> stuff. And I just like, I was so hyped just to to see you ride that that mini at that time. So, oh, thanks. But yeah, Chris. I mean, if, Chris, if he's listening or something, but <laughs> I don't know that <laughs> dude. He was like literally one of the best at the time, one of the best bike riders I'd ever even seen on a bike. And there's so many of those dudes that no one will ever even know about. Oh yeah, that's just like so good. But he he was just so out there. And I remember he was like six seven and rode a sport. Yeah. And it was like a eighty eight sport, and it was like nineteen ninety seven. And you're like, dude. Yeah, he's tall, lanky guy. Yeah, I'm like, how do you even fit on that bike? <laughs> like, but yeah, I don't know that. that 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 was actually a pretty fun day. It was like my kind of first introduction to California. So, oh, yeah, Sean McKinney's house, great. Yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely got loose there that that day. So, yeah, it was nutty. So, um, let me check my questions here, just to make sure I'm not missing on anything. Uh, you still talk to Nori at all? Yeah, um, I, I just see him, you know, here and there, and talk to him, but yeah. He's still good friends with him. Dude, I mean, he's, he's he's like the best dude. I love it when he comes to Portland. We always yeah, yeah, Dave's a great guy. You know, he had a great mother. You know, great upbringing. So you know, he's a cool, really cool guy. I like Dave. You know, we've been friends over thirty five years. So yeah, he he's dope. Um, I know, like you were talking about just listening to metal earlier and some of the bands. I mean, do you still you get you still listening to a bunch of that stuff or do you? Oh, all the time. Nice. Yeah. That's nice, all I nice. listen to. That's good. Um, so what we, you know, usually at the end of the podcast, like we usually just like I I put on Instagram and have people like post up questions. Okay. So um, I'm just gonna read off some of the questions if you want them, kind of like a rapid fire thing. Oh, okay. You know, so don't don't stress too hard. Um, let's see what we got. Okay, this Dom I can't even say Fipsio. He's got that worked on the Haro book and stuff. Okay. Uh, he wants to know. Ask him about when Lee Reynolds was dating a chick from. Lucadia or somewhere close by and, and Pete was dating her mom you don't even remember no. sorry Dom your question is void uh, let's see um, well Brian Foster really didn't have a question but he said you were very influential so oh shit Brian Foster <laughs> yeah. are you kidding me <laughs> oh my god um, yeah I don't know I'm just I'm just so psyched just to be like sitting here talking with you i'm I'm just thanks because i back in the day i was just so just hyped on you guys and the dirt bros i was like remember i flat landed and i was so shitty so shitty at flatland and then i remember oh me too (laughs) i I was so bummed on it and then i just remember seeing pictures of you guys like just jumping off shit and i like literally because i had like an acs rotor i went home took off my rotor just put on a straight cable and I was like, that's all I'm about now. And I remember trying to find, like, enormous knobby tires that, like, Eddie <laughs> Roman would ride and go go shred around. Yeah. And, like, it, like, totally, like, I think if I kept trying Flatland, I'd have just gotten so frustrated and, you know, I'd have quit. And then after I just saw you guys in the magazines like that, it just totally changed the way I looked at bikes. So That's the you coolest know. thing, man, when people say that shit to me. That's, like, the... That's yeah, super cool, you know, because shit, we're just, everybody was a bike rider back then. I mean, 
you know, to be someone that influenced other people, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was just, I mean, it definitely, I tried to, you know, I was always rocking forklifter. You know, I think so many, yeah. I mean, coming, you know, when you're looking from the inside out, you don't really, I feel like, you know, you're just like, dude, I was just riding. But, you know, from, you know, a rider's perspective looking in, I mean, so many kids were going out there being like, yo, I got to get some forklifters, <laughs> you know, like, I've got to do this and it but it was such you know you guys were doing your thing but it was such a good influence i feel like on bmx at the time just to show dudes that they didn't have to go out and like you know you don't have to put a jersey on before you go ride the quarter pipe at your homie's house or something you can just just go do do what you need to do and just have fun you know yeah no that that is the coolest thing i I could say i take out of you know all of bmx is when you know to me when i see a, a rider like dakota roach riding and I, I look at him and I'm like, that's everything that I envision bike riding to be. Yeah, I agree. Like when I look at Dakota as a street rider, yeah, he's a good, such a good mix between tech, you know, burly, just power, power. And speed. Yeah, he's got the power, and you know, by watching him ride street, you know he can go to even like a vert ramp or go to the trails, yeah. and you know he's. You can just tell by the way he moves his bike that he's going to be able to handle himself. In every in any situation he gets in on his bike, yeah. Well, with street, I think a lot of that style is lost. I think Dakota is just super refreshing to me because just you know you could tell that he's he's pumped on riding his bike and he just he hits everything hard and fast and yeah, to me that's awesome. You know, a lot of the style is is being taken away from BMX, which you know it's just everything's a fucking blur when you uh, you got, I went to a contest at Claremont and it just. You got to a point where I couldn't tell who the fuck was who and what the hell they were doing, and yeah. it, just, it was just a mess, you know? Yeah. Not saying that that shit isn't hard, and I respect them for doing it and everything, but when I can watch someone like Chase Hawk or Tom Dugan or Dakota Roach, to me, the, the, those guys right there are the cream of the crop, and, you know, they're, they're fucking badass. All, you know. Yeah, Vince and I, we were actually just talking about it earlier because we were riding, um, and, you know, there's so many... So many dudes, and I'm not even trying to diss on dudes because everybody rides for their own reasons. No, I'm and, not dissing on anybody either, man. But, I'm just... but we there was there were, you know we you you see some dudes riding parks and they got every trick in the book and mm-hmm. they're so perfect and it's just like there there's no soul to their riding. There is no soul to their riding at all, and it's and it it reminds me of the choreographed routines back in the AFA contest, and it's the same choreographed routine that the guy is doing at the park. There's no flow. There's it's just all this. You know, it's predictable. You know, it's it's too predictable. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, to me, it's just not appealing to me. You know, I'd rather watch a guy do big carving, lofty airs. You know, you miss that Blyther style is yeah, what I it, guess I'm saying. You know, because when you, you know, watch someone like that, you know, it's 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 a better rider. What's going me. on, Dave? Can I get you anything? No, we're just chilling. Chat. <laughs> can you give me can you give me one of them green uh tank tops <laughs> <laughs> trying to show off how you got yeah. fucking guns man yeah that's it, that's it. i work out it's yeah. <laughs> fucking obvious yeah but i i do feel like kind of the same thing like i mean and that's just with bmx i feel like it's a continual circle you know everything comes back in and there is right now like so many people that are so good but at the same time, they don't have any soul to their writing. And, you know, and then sometimes they'll look at somebody like, you know, maybe they look at Chase Hawk and they go, 
well, why is this guy sponsored? Why is he doing this? I can do all the tricks he does and more, but they don't understand that there's something, they don't have that something special that you can't just go practice at the skate park that Chase has, you know? Exactly. You know, he rides with soul and, and, and style, and he he knows how to, when he rides a bowl, and the, the particular, I mean, he's a great street rider too, you know, but he's looking for a line. He's not looking for a trick. Yeah. Okay? He's looking for a flow and, and making it look nice, you know, instead of just some huck blur, you know? Yeah. It just, you know, I, I, everybody has their own opinion, but to me that's, you know, I'd rather watch that all day long than watch a guy trying to do a quadruple fucking backflip tail whip fucking nightmare. No, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, it, it's like, I mean, I've watched guys win fucking contests lately where they didn't do one tabletop, not one turn down, not one look back type of trick at all. Yeah. And it was all done on spinning, whipping tricks. Yeah, and I feel like when you're doing those, like, there's such a... You just can't see that person's style come through. It's it's, no, it's, it's like so... Like I mean, almost, I mean, when you're going that hard, it is almost like a choreographed thing because you, you have to know exactly how to get that spin going. It's like you're not letting your natural motion come through with... You know, like a certain, you know, just doing a tabletop, you know? Yeah. Like, usually when you see somebody do a tabletop, you can almost tell how their the rest of their writing's going to be because it's like such a telltelling trick, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, do you, do you still follow? Like, I mean, I know you still ride, but do you still follow a lot of with BMX? Oh, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of BMX. Yeah. Still this day. I so, are the guys follow. we were talking, like Dakota and Chase are kind of your some of your favorites right now? Yeah, Absolutely. They've been for a while, yeah. you know. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away from any of these other, you know, great riders, you know, that, you know, do these other kind of tricks. They're super hard, and I know the risk is super high. Yeah. And, um, but it's it's gotten into that realm of now you're going to be part of a circus. Yeah. Like Nitro Circus. That's what it is. It's a fucking circus, okay? It's not the soul of BMX. It's not like a Brian Foster, you know, or that type of riding to me is the absolute best type of riding. Yeah. When you can ride, you know, so smooth and so big and lofty and do these amazing lines that nobody else is looking at but you, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, Brian Foster, I mean, that's literally, in a weird way, he could be like the best bike rider that's ever even touched a bike, you know, with all the stuff he's done, you know? He is. Yeah. Yes, there you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. You got you got anything else you want to touch on? Uh, uh not really. All right, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I just just nice little conversation and cool. Appreciate stuff. it. So, no, I I super appreciate it. Thank uh, you, man. Sure. Like, I was looking forward to it, and right on. I mean, seriously, like, thank you for doing what you did when you were younger because <clears throat> you know I've enjoyed I've enjoyed bikes like my whole life, and I feel like. You know, if I wouldn't have seen you guys do that, it's such a weird thing. But, like, I wouldn't have seen the way you guys rode. I might still be in a tiny cowboy town in Oregon, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's doing, the best compliment. Doing you know, who knows what. But, you know, just seeing that and the way you guys rode definitely turned the way, just changed the way I looked at BMX when I was younger. And, and it was awesome. And I appreciate it, man. Cool. That's really so. cool, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks, buddy.
Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, do me a favor if you haven't already and head over to YouTube and subscribe to us. Uh, you can type in Snakebite BMX and subscribe to Dig BMX also, and that should help you keep up with your fix of BMX videos, new and old. So until next time.